Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. Hello, my self-lovers. How are we doing today? Today, actually, is my one year of therapy anniversary. So I started therapy exactly a year ago. It was my quarantine commitment to myself that I would start doing online therapy because it's something that I was putting off for a really long time until I found BetterHelp. And in case you don't know about BetterHelp, it's an online therapy platform that lets you meet with a licensed professional counselor completely online. So you can either call them through the app or you can actually video chat with them. And ever since finding out about this incredible platform, I instantly signed up and I started seeing my therapist. It took me a few tries to see my therapist um, or to find my therapist. I went through three therapists before I found the one that I stuck with. So I just want to normalize that experience that, you know, therapy is a very intimate thing. It's kind of like looking for a life partner, except you're looking for somebody that you're trusting with all your secrets, all your emotions, like everything. It's just such a delicate space. And it's important to keep on looking until you find the person that you're most comfortable with. And don't get discouraged if that doesn't happen right away. There's nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with them. It just doesn't click. Also, I apologize for Zeus snoring in the background. (laughs) Mr. Goose is taking a nap and I didn't have the heart to wake him up. One of the things that I kind of dealt with when it came to looking for a therapist, the second therapist I matched with, 
I remember she was like from the South somewhere, like the South United States. And I just didn't relate to her. So again, it wasn't anything that was wrong with her or me. It was just that I needed somebody different. And my therapist is first-generation American. She comes from an immigrant home. Like she really understands those dynamics when it comes to my family. And that was something that was really important to me. So there's going to be something that's important to you too. um, And you just have to figure out what that is through trial and error. The cool thing about BetterHelp and also full disclosure, I am an affiliate, no pressure at all to join, but I do have a link for you that's going to give you two weeks free therapy in case you do want to try, but that's BetterHelp dot com slash M-C-O-T for Mary's cup of tea in case you want to try. But as I was saying, the cool thing about BetterHelp is that they actually have you fill out a questionnaire so um, you can start figuring out those things that are important to you. Like, for example, if you want somebody who specializes in eating disorders, you can put that in the questionnaire. Or if you want a therapist of color, like you can also include that. Or if you prefer like a certain gender of a therapist, then you can also um, put that into your questionnaire and they'll take all of that into account when matching you with a therapist. So again, if you're interested, betterhelp.com slash M-C-O-T. Full disclosure, I became an affiliate after doing therapy with them for a couple months and I just love it. I think it's such an amazing platform. I find that it was a lot easier for me to commit to therapy because it was online and because I didn't have to like make a whole ordeal out of it and take half my day to drive to the city and meet with my therapist and then go back. Although some people may prefer that and may want, you know, to see somebody in person for those of us who are really busy or if the pandemic situation doesn't permit, I think online therapy is such a great alternative and I found just as good of results and changes within myself. So anyways, Today's topic is, should you be doing therapy, coaching, or self-healing? I see all of these things thrown around in the social media landscape, all of these words about mental health and going to therapy and finding a life coach and pursuing self-healing, like all of these things have become really trendy, which is great that we're taking our mental health more seriously, but I think It just creates a lot of confusion and pressure, and we don't really know what's best for us. So I wanted to do this episode just breaking down therapy, coaching, and self-healing and what the difference is and help you figure out what may be the path that you want to take. So I think that all three are amazing, like whatever you have, the resources, and whatever, most importantly, you're willing to do and stick with is probably what's right for you. And many people, myself included, actually employ a combination of all three, like therapy, coaching, and self-healing, depending on the time of their life and what they feel that they need. So a little bit about my personal journey is I've always been like a seeker and I've always been interested in self-help like ever since I was in high school. And then through recovery, I actually didn't do any therapy. And for a long time, I had a lot of shame around that because I'm like, was my recovery even valid? And the truth is that at the time, I couldn't afford therapy. 
It was also when I moved to Canada and I was on student visa there. So I truly didn't have access to like mental health resources nor the funds to pay for them because I was, you know, a student up there and my parents couldn't afford to help me with that either. We did consider a treatment center. However, I mean, for my eating disorder specifically, however, it was too expensive and it just was not feasible. So I kind of had to like figure things out on my own. And I'm not saying that that's what you should do, nor am I encouraging you not to get help. Like I'm not swaying you one way or another, just telling you my experience. Um, But thankfully I signed up for this life coaching program about six months into recovery and it absolutely changed my life. I started figuring out so many things about myself and I just started gaining confidence in things that were outside of my body. So I think that life coaching program just really... I don't know, it helped me use some of the aspects of like therapy and emotional healing and self-healing and then combine them and put me in this like very community-oriented environment because we were like in a group setting. And the life coach that was actually assigned to me, she was like my small group coach. She actually went through an eating disorder and helped me so much. And then I continued on with that program and I got assigned a different coach And she also went through an eating disorder of her own that was like almost exactly the same as mine and the same situation. So I kind of lucked out in that I had a lot of emotional support and then I had the opportunity to do this life coaching program. However, I put off therapy, like good old traditional psychotherapy for what I think is too long. Like I wish I would have been able to do it earlier. But anyways, that's just my journey. Like I know it was unconventional. And I just want to share that because wherever you're at in recovery, or even if you're on a self-love journey, like whatever you are doing, as long as you are trying is enough. Okay. And whatever you choose to do, whatever feels right for you is what you should be doing. Like, please don't let people pressure you into anything that you don't want to do. And please don't pressure yourself also um, because everybody's journey is so unique and some people are really self-motivated and can pursue self-healing and, you know, will and will feel results with that. And then other people just need a little bit more support um, or it just depends on the time of your life that you're in. So all of that to say, quick disclaimer, I am not a mental health professional, just speaking from personal experience. So I want to dive into like what therapy is, what coaching is, what self-healing is, and some things to consider, like how you can figure out which one is for you. So therapy, also called psychotherapy or counseling, is where you meet with a therapist, obviously. Therapists are generally licensed mental health professionals. So their credentials range from being like a licensed professional counselor, an LPC, all the way up to like a psychologist with a PhD and all that. A little different from psychiatry. I believe psychiatrists are those who can prescribe medication so they can diagnose and prescribe medication. So that is also on that spectrum. So therapists specialize in helping clients develop better cognitive and emotional skills. Um, A lot of it is focused on mental illness and reducing the symptoms of mental illness and finding ways to cope with not only the mental illness, but also just 
various life challenges that may come up. I think that therapy is often focused on past traumas, and I think it's very beneficial if you do have past traumas or things you want to actively work through in order to improve your present life. Some things I wish I knew before going into therapy is... (laughs) This one's funny. Like you'll come in to talk about one thing, but then you'll end up talking about something totally different and seemingly unrelated, yet deeply, deeply intertwined. And my therapist, and I'm assuming most therapists, are really good at finding like big general themes and connecting all these dots of your life. Like, for example, I could be talking about work and how stressed I am about, say, social media, and then suddenly we'll move into this conversation with my parents and (laughs) healing from childhood wounds, and my therapist will be really good at connecting like how the stress that I'm facing currently in my work is so related to my childhood trauma, if that makes sense, and me trying to like fix it, but using different methods. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but basically therapists are just really good at like making everything come together and working with big themes in your life that are often just like really emotional, really emotionally charged. And you'll find things out about yourself that you never, ever, ever new. Um, And a therapist will often say something so nonchalantly and it'll stick with you for a really, really long time for life. Also, something I wish I knew is part of therapy isn't just what you talk about. It's also the act of going. And something to be mindful of is the time limit that you have in therapy. Generally, um, sessions are 50 minutes long. And as my therapist explained to me, that is intentional. That is the optimal time for cognitive behavioral therapy. And I used to get so frustrated because I felt like 50 minutes into session, we were just getting somewhere and I was crying and I felt like I was about to arrive at a breakthrough. And then Nina would say, okay, when do you want to meet next week? (laughs) Our time is up. And I'd be like, what? And oftentimes I would leave feeling almost worse emotionally, but it's only because you know, we were digging into so many things and the purpose of therapy isn't to like fix everything right now. It's very much focused on the long term. So if you have the like time commitment and if you can commit to the long-term journey, I would say like at least six months to a year, then therapy is for you. And I also want to say that it is normal for it to get worse before it gets better. Again, you're going to feel like you're riding an emotional roller coaster. Um, Sometimes I have like my sessions on Tuesdays. So I'll have a session on Tuesday and then I kind of go numb for Wednesday, Thursday. And I just kind of like focus on my work and keep my mind off things. And then like over the weekend, whatever we talked about in therapy like hits me and then suddenly I get really emotionally overwhelmed. Um, I'm also a really sensitive person. So anyways, all that to say that therapy is this journey. It comes in these like waves. Sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big. Um, It's very intricate. It's intimate. It's nuanced. It's for anybody who can really commit to going consistently and just really being there for themselves. Also, your self-care practice has to like 
be top notch when you're going through therapy. And hopefully your therapist will remind you of this. But especially after session, you need to have some sort of like breathing practice or journaling. Um, Again, lots of therapists will like assign this as homework or something to to keep you doing the work in a very self-compassionate manner, even outside of session. So I also recommend therapy for anybody who has a hard time opening up. So if you find yourself being guarded or quiet or a little more timid, then a therapist can be really good at like gently guiding you towards opening up and working on those emotional wounds. Therapy is also good. Like I said, I'm just going to repeat this for anybody who has lots of past traumas that you know you need professional help for. And I'm talking about things like sexual assault, childhood abuse, codependency or domestic violence, relationship abuse, like big things that you know need professional help for. Please don't try to cut corners. Like, please go see a professional because one thing that I did for so long is like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like I've gone through shit, but like, whatever, like I'll figure it out. People go through it, you know? And I always just kind of like minimized my struggle when in reality, if I were to like write out (laughs) everything I went through, like the big traumas of my life, they're definitely things that therapists read about in textbooks, (laughs) you know, like these are just very big, big things. Um, and I think that trauma in general requires a professional. Keep in mind that most therapists have been in school for like at least six, seven, eight years, at least. Like they'll get their undergrad and then they have to do some sort of grad school or additional training to get their master's or even PhD. So they've been doing this for a while and you are in good hands. Lastly, I think therapy is for you if you're ready for deep emotional work that's focused on past traumas and mental health, but can also be focused on anything you and your therapist feel like you need. So don't think that every session is going to be super duper heavy. Um, Lots of sessions are like, hey, here's what went great this week. And then your therapist will be like, okay, how can we keep this going? And then you'll start creating tools in your toolbox for keeping that momentum, right? So don't worry, like not everything is doom and gloom. Um, I've also been able to talk to my therapist about business stuff and just random thoughts, if that makes sense. Like you can literally tell your therapist anything. And I honestly have a lot of fun with my therapist. Like we joke around and um, I think she's really funny and she thinks I'm really funny. (laughs) So you really do have like a friend that you can really trust, except they're obligated to maintain confidentiality unless, of course, you're planning on hurting yourself or others. In that case, they have to intervene. But other than that, like you can literally tell your deepest, darkest secrets, just like your most fucked up thoughts that we all have. And a therapist won't even bat an eye. And it's such a great feeling because they're just really good at normalizing these experiences that we think are so dark and scary and horrible. And even though they may be dark and scary and horrible, 
your therapist will know exactly how to handle it with compassion and love and care. And she's also never going to make you feel like you're alone. So even though they can't really, you know, open up about their own lives or try to relate or whatever, they do have the experience to be like, like, this is normal, Mary. What you're going through is normal. Trust me, I've seen it. I've worked with it. And there's a way out. And that is reassuring. Moving on to coaching or life coaching, it's generally more focused on setting and achieving goals. So this work can also be really, really deep because if you've ever worked with a life coach, you know that similar to therapy, you come in with the intention of talking about one thing, but then you see that, you know, there's so many limiting beliefs getting in the way and there's some other stuff to dig into before you can actually have the the courage and, and motivation um, and drive to go after your goals. So a lot of life coaching is focused on addressing those limiting beliefs, but they're generally related to some sort of present and future focused goal. So I think coaching can be a very natural progression after therapy. And to be honest, where I'm at in my journey, my therapist and I are actually talking about um, going down to bi-weekly sessions. And I was looking at a few different like life coaching programs to join. Um, the cool thing about coaching is that it doesn't have to be one-on-one. It can also be like a small group setting, which I find to be so, so, so beneficial because you get the support of other members of the group. You get to meet new people. You vibe off each other's energy. And it's generally like a really positive experience, even though there is a lot of deep work involved. So I would say that therapy is for you if you're like very traditional, you have the time, you can commit to doing it long term, um, and you have some like deep traumas to work through. Whereas coaching can be maybe more up your alley if you have a goal in mind or you want to like achieve something in your life, but you're just having trouble like finding that motivation to do so and the confidence and you just need a little bit more I don't know, like accountability and a push. I would say that therapy is kind of like somebody holding your hand and gently guiding you. Whereas coaching is like somebody giving you a loving kick in the ass. Um, Because even though there's lots of compassionate coaches out there, and I consider myself one of them, I also aim to like really challenge my clients and students. And I'm not afraid to do that because I'm not working with traumas. I'm more working with some limiting beliefs, which again can be related to traumas. But once that boundary, like a good coach will recognize where that boundary is and they will tell somebody like, hey, you need professional mental health help because this is outside of my scope of work. So if a coach doesn't do that and you see coaches that are like working through trauma and calling themselves like a trauma-informed coach, unless they're also like a, a therapist or counselor and have those credentials, to me, that's a red flag because I think that's just such a slippery slope. And specifically in the eating disorder recovery space, again, I think there are a lot of great coaches out there. And um, the eating disorder recovery coaching that I was doing was always in addition to somebody being in treatment or doing some sort of therapy. So a coach kind of is like somebody there for 
extra support and not the only support. Does that make sense? I think that's a clear distinction to make is that when you're dealing with trauma, a coach cannot be the only person that you work with. It's very helpful to have professional help and a coach there to support you through some other life things. But generally speaking, when you're digging into like the past, then you want to see a therapist. So again, they can be very complementary to each other, very supplementary, but I don't think that coaching should be in place of therapy. And to me, when a coach advertises themselves as such, that is a big red flag. And I've fallen into that trap before. And I just, I don't know, it just felt yucky to me. So coaching is for you if you prefer something more present and future focused. If you've already done lots of therapy, but you want like more motivation when it comes to getting shit done, when you're like really self-aware, but you just want the extra like nudge. And maybe if you thrive under pressure and you like accountability and you need somebody to just be like your sounding board to like talk things through with, um, this is where I'm kind of at is I just need, I just need a little bit more motivation. Like in therapy, we talk a lot about family stuff and relationships and childhood and things with my dad and things like that. Whereas I currently am considering getting like a life coach or joining some sort of small group program, like I mentioned, to help me with some of the goals that I want to achieve and like the mindset behind achieving those goals. So just to reiterate, coaching is not recommended if you're like actively dealing with some sort of trauma. And lastly, coaching is for you if you can afford to pay a coach and you actually value the art of coaching. So um, from my experience, a lot of coaches are very expensive and I've paid some high ticket coaches and more often than not, it was worth it as long as they're good coaches and good people and they know that boundary, then that art of coaching could really make a huge difference in your life. Me personally, like I told you, my background is in life coaching. I'm also certified in neuro-linguistic practitioning, which is like the study of words and how they create thoughts in our mind, which leads to certain behaviors. Um, I'm also certified in hypnosis and timeline therapy, although I don't practice that. But again, there's just lots of different credentials that a coach could have and lots of different walks of life and education. So some Sometimes they can bring like a really, really unique perspective. And depending on what kind of person you are, there are spiritual coaches and there are life coaches. And I know sober life coaches, if you want to like adapt a sober lifestyle, there are relationship coaches. Like there are so many business coaches out there. Like there are just so many different types of coaches. And I think that that's what's cool about the coaching industry is that you can really find somebody for very, very specific topic. Whereas therapy is a little bit more, you know, broad, I think. Like in therapy, you address a lot. Whereas in coaching, there could be that clear boundary of like, I'm here to talk about X. Let's come up with solutions. Let's set goals. Let's stay accountable and let's go get them, Tiger. You know, it's like that kind of mindset. And then lastly, self-healing or just kind of walking this path on your own and figuring things out as you go. I 
don't recommend this personally. I think there's nothing like having support, but I also know that not everybody can afford coaching or therapy. Not everybody has access to it. And some people may need to like dip their toe in the water at first or on the opposite end, maybe like you've already exhausted all the coaching and the therapy and now you're just kind of like walking this path and trying to find things to like support you. And yeah, but you don't really need like somebody actively there. That's totally cool too. So self-healing is for you if like you're not ready for coaching or therapy or you've already set a strong foundation with the help of coaching or therapy and now you're just like continuing to walk the path. Also, if you legitimately cannot afford to get help, then you might want to consider doing self-healing. Self-healing could also be for you if you love doing inner work like reading, listening to podcasts, watching videos, journaling, like putting pen to paper And if you identify as being a seeker and you don't mind spending the extra time searching and experimenting with yourself. And at the same time, you also have to be like very self-motivated and accountable to yourself because nobody's really there to guide you. Nobody's there to keep you accountable. So if you're pursuing self-healing, you need to make sure that you are staying accountable and that you're actually showing up for yourself and that you're intentionally carving out that time for your healing journey, whether it's an hour of reading before bed or journaling in the morning or listening to a podcast as part of your routine. Like it has to be a part of your daily life so that you can actually like stick with it. And lastly, if you're pursuing self-healing, I recommend having like a mentor or somebody online that you follow who is credible and who you really, really trust. And I would advise you not to look at more than like two to three people at max. I find that if you're just following a bunch of coaches or therapists or um, joining lots of different programs and uh, I don't know, just kind of like that spread too thin mentality of like, you're just trying to look for answers outside of yourself. I find that that can be counterproductive. Whereas if you just find one or two people that you follow online that, you know, you love their work or they have a book or you're listening to their podcast or something, like make sure that you kind of stick with those select few people during that time period. You know, I think shiny object syndrome is very real when it comes to self-help because it is such a saturated industry and it's very easy to be like, well, this person says I should do this and this person advises this and this person has this kind of morning routine and this person tells you to journal about this. Like it's just too much. So if you can find like one or two people that you're learning from online and stick with them for a select time period, then I think you're just going to get a lot more benefits out of this journey, out of self-healing and just self-help in general, because you're going to be a lot more focused. So I hope that this helps clarify some things around therapy, coaching, self-healing. Maybe you're doing a combination of all. Maybe you're considering therapy. If you are, like I said, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's betterhelp.com slash M-C-O-T. We'll give you a two-week free trial. Full disclosure, I'm an affiliate because 
I have been loving working with my therapist for the past year. Today is my one-year therapy anniversary. Woohoo! So if you are interested in trying therapy and you want it to be like a little more affordable and accessible, uh, BetterHelp is for you. BetterHelp.com slash M-C-O-T. Um, as far as coaching goes, if you're looking for a life coach, I recommend going by referral or trying to look on Instagram. I think a lot of people's content and podcasts are very telling as to how they work with clients in person. And don't be afraid to join like a small group kind of setting. Like coaching doesn't have to be one-on-one. And lastly, if you're doing self-healing, I hope that I could be a part of your journey and that you can also get The Gift of Self-Love, which is the book that I recently came out with. I think that could be like a great supplement to your journey wherever you're at if you are working on self-love. And with all that being said, thank you so much for spending this precious time with me on the podcast. I hope this helped. If it did, please let me know and I will talk to you next time. One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.